Hello and welcome to Sad Times, the podcast by sad people for sad people. I'm your host, Alyssa. And I'm so, so excited for this episode, for this podcast, for everything. I have so much to discuss. Um, Let's let's try to let's try to reel it in. Um, Let's start with some disclaimers. One, I talk so much. I talk so fucking much. So um, that's just a warning for you. I like over explain things. I'm going to give you like 50 different side stories when I'm trying to explain something. So I'm sorry about that in advance. I'm very self-aware, but I just want to make sure you have all the information, you know? Um, Yeah, I feel like there was another disclaimer I was going to make. It'll come to me maybe. Okay, let's get into this. Um, actually, actually, before I before I really get into it, uh, I want to give you I want to give a huge thank you to um, Matt O'Leary. He is the radio station manager at my school, and he um, hyped me up and gave me the validation to start this podcast. So thank you to Matt. Um, also, thank you to um, my friends and I guess my family <laughs> um, for also um, encouraging me. Um, and validating me um, in starting this podcast because I don't know if you know me then you're probably not shocked that I'm starting a podcast because I feel like I've always like toyed with the idea of like starting a YouTube channel or starting a podcast so like yeah it's it's not like shocking but um but but still um I don't know but yeah um so thank you thank you Matt thank you everyone else um yeah let's let's get this show on the road i've had a radio show at my school for the past couple years called emo hour and i kind of started it on a whim and i wound up falling in love with having a radio show i love curating the show every week coming up with the songs i'm going to play the order in which i'm going to play them what i'm going to talk about um how it can tie to this and this and i don't know like i'm i just i love I fell in love with doing it and I wasn't expecting to and it kind of not to be really really fucking cheesy but it like kind of changed my life I don't know I, I like I went into my school for audio and I, I still um that's still my concentration is audio recording um but was not was not thinking about radio at all and now it's like kind of what I want to do um or something in in that space so, yeah, I found out last semester that I was graduating this upcoming semester. Don't come for me that I didn't know I was graduating. That's a whole other fucking story. Um, and I was really bummed that Emo Hour is going to be coming to an end. It's going to be starting its last season, you know, when I when I go back to school. So um, I kind of wanted to, I kind of just wanted to um, reinvent it, I guess, Um so I decided to start Sad Times the podcast, which is a spinoff of Emo Hour, the radio show. Um, yeah, when that starts back up again, you know, I'll let you guys know. You can listen to that too if you if you wanted to hear me talk even more than this, which is probably probably not the case. I think this might be your a limit for a lot of you guys. Um, but yeah, I you know on the show I really just play sad music for an hour and talk about it. Um, you know, talk about, you know, the latest indie music that's coming out or a new music video or tours or whatever. So this is just the, um, the sequel, I guess, to that. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm very passionate about music and the music that I like. So having a place to discuss it, um, has been, I don't know, really fun for me. Also, um, you know, becoming a part of like the Twitter indie community in a very small part, I'm not going to say influential in any way. Um, but that's also been very beneficial to me because I feel like it's opened the door to find so many other artists or to find um, TV shows and movies and stuff like that. You know, when you're just like surrounded by like-minded people, I don't know, it's just been, it's been really great. So discovering indie music in this whole world has just opened my eyes to so many different things. And um, yeah, I know that sounds really, really, really fucking cliche um, and really cheesy, but it's, it's, it's true. So yeah, this is just a place to discuss all of that stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, a little bit more about me. Um, like I said, my name is Alyssa. I'm 23 years old. I'm from Long Island, New York, which is very um, bittersweet. But we'll get into that maybe another time. This episode, I really wanted to take to talk about the music that came out in 2020. Um, obviously, 2020 was... A, a very difficult year for several different reasons. Um, I won't harp on it too much because, you know, we all know what happened. Um, but I try my best. I try my best. It's not always successful. But to to find the positive parts of things. Um, and definitely a silver lining of 2020 was the music that came out, at least in my opinion. Um... I don't know. I feel like I feel like every year I'm just getting more and more excited about music. Like that comes out. Like there's always I'm always looking forward to an album. I'm always looking forward to um you know, a new artist that's being launched or something like that. So 2020 was no exception to that is what I'm trying to say. Some of my most anticipated albums were coming out this year and um delivered. Fucking delivered. But we're we're hold on a second. Um I'm going to get ahead of myself. I'm going to have some, I tried to be somewhat organized with this. Um, and I tried, at first I was trying to be like chronological, it's just impossible. Um, but I'm going to start with like some like singles and then get into some EPs and then to some albums. So um, the first song I want to discuss was released right at the beginning of 2020. And it was um, by La 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 La. And it's called Legs Run. And... If you've never heard of La 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 before, they're an amazing band. I discovered them um, about two years ago now when they were opening up for Better Oblivion Community Center. And I feel like more recently, over the last couple years, I've been like really exposed to some amazing artists because of opening acts. I feel like when I was younger, I didn't pay attention to opening acts because I was just like ignorant and didn't give a shit. Um, sorry, but it's true. Um but over the past couple of years, like I said, I've just, I've discovered some, some real gems by just fucking paying attention. And I remember, um, being at the Better, the Better Oblivion show and watching La 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 perform. And a lot of their songs are really short. So like they were able to play, um, you know, more songs during their set. Like it just, it, it seemed longer than it was just because there were so many songs. And I was just like, this is so fucking good. Like, and I went home and fell in love with them and looked them up and Siren 042 wound up being one of my favorite songs of 2019. Um, so yeah, I was very excited that they were, um, 
releasing new music. And they released a couple of songs um, throughout 2020. Um, but Legs Run, oh my God, it's different. Um, I feel like it's definitely different than their other songs, um, their other music that they've put out. Um, I don't know. It starts off very, very slow. And um, once those drums kick in, oh my God, just so good. So, I, I mean, I do go to school for audio, so I am a little bit of an audio nerd. Um, I don't know everything at all, but um, I definitely can be an audio nerd. But just, I remember when I was listening to that song for the first time, just something about the way the drums are mixed on that song. Like, it's just top tier for me. I don't know. I fucking love this song. Um, and I'm so excited for whatever music they come out with in the future. I know Lily West tweets all the time that she's working on um, an album and new songs or whatever. And I don't know when it will come out. And that's fine. I'm, you know, no rush ever. But I'm very excited. Big fan of La 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 La. Um, I feel like as a songwriter, Lily West has a very interesting point of view. And I think that's very obvious on um, their album, The Lamb. Like, I think if you listen to that, you can you can hear. Even just think, looking at the, the track list, it's just so, I don't know. I just, I really think that she's such a cool songwriter and just such an interesting voice. And yeah, big La 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 fan. So starting the year off with that was magnificent um let's get into some more la 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 they also released two songs with the band grape tooth one was called fantasy movie one was called valentine um loved fantasy movie valentine was also very good but fantasy movie was just like the quintessential i have a crush song like just oh my god it was just so good that was my bop for like a while um i just think that they they've done collaborations in the past like like um siren 042 like i said before was like one of my favorite songs of 2019 that's um their collab with why so they do collabs quite often but i loved that one i wish that it was released on a seven inch because like like the style of the artwork it looked like it would have been like a seven inch um i wish that it was really released as one because uh, i love it oh also i have a record addiction um constantly buying records um so yeah, in my mind, I'm just like always thinking about, oh, that'd be sick on vinyl because um, I'm that pretentious, I guess. But um, <laughs> whatever. And also they released a song called Heaven towards the end of the year. That was another collab as well. Um, they released that on a flexi disc. That was my first time buying a flexi disc. Um, and that was, that's like another really great song. So like we got some, we have four solid La 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 songs, most of them collaborations. Um, and it was great. Loved it. One of my other favorite singles that were released in 2020, this is, like I said, this is not chronological at all. This happened way later in the year, but it was by Charlie Hickey and his song, um, No Good at Lying. I was waiting for this song to be released for so long because I remember it had to have been like, it had to have been Marshall War or someone like that went to one of his concert, one of his shows once, probably at the bootleg. And they were just recording a bunch of his set on like inst on like their on like his Instagram stories, and I remember hearing the line, "I'm no good at lying," on my back or through my teeth, and thinking that it was like such a good fucking lyric. And I was waiting for this to come out. I was like, I just could not wait for this song to be released because I just, I just, I don't know. I just thought it was so good. Fast forward, he wound up playing this song with Phoebe. I think it was at the Troubadour when she did her little show 
first save our stages. Is that what it was? I could be wrong. That's embarrassing. I should fact check myself. Yes, it was live at the Troubadour Troubadour for the Save Our Stages Fest. Um, she brought a bunch of people out, and Charlie Hickey was one of the people that she brought out. And they sang the song together, and I was just like, yes. And then, like, I think it was literally a week later, he released the song. And I, I don't know, I love it. Now, was it this song? Well, the point I'm trying to make is that, like, it's, this is, like, really fucked up. But most of the songs I, li- like, most of the artists I listen to are, um, are female I feel like sometimes it takes a lot for me to resonate with songs by men. <laughs> I know that sounds like kind of fucked up, but I'm just going to be honest with you guys. But um, but I love this song. I love this song. I'm very excited for whatever Charlie Hickey puts out this year. He's actually supposed to release a new song, I think, within the next couple of days or the next week or something. He just posted something on Instagram the other day. Um, so I'm very excited, very excited for that. Um, I think that he has a really cool voice. Um and yeah, so he's friend. So Phoebe Bridgers also did background vocals on that song, which is great. Um, I know some people think that he might be, you know, conspiracy theory. I'm not. I'm not saying this is true, but some people think that he might be um, signed to Satisfactory, which is Phoebe's record label that she announced um, in the past year. Um, possible. Who knows? But you know, they're good friends. He does all his music with Marshall Vore, who's Phoebe's um, best friend, drummer, ex-boyfriend. Um, but yeah, that's a great song. No good at lying. But the lyric, I'm no good at lying on my back or through my teeth. But I'm good at dreaming. I'm so good at dreaming. Oh, just, I don't know. I just, I fucking love that song. Another one-off song I'll mention because I, um, I honestly did not listen to the full album. I don't, I don't really listen to the 1975. But of course I listened to their song with Phoebe Bridgers. Um, Jesus Christ 2005, God Bless America. Which just sounds like, that's like the definition of, um lyrics that sound like shit posts which is probably one of my favorite twitter accounts um just that there should be another one that's like song titles that sound like shit posts um but this is such this is a really really great song um i i know some 1975 songs i'm not like a huge stan so i don't want to like pretend that i am but um they do have great music i'm not gonna lie but i loved this song i think that um, I know Maddie Healy's like problematic, so I don't want to like praise him too much, but, um, I think that him and Phoebe's voices sound really great together. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, Phoebe can do background vocals on any song. And I'm like, oh my God, amazing. <laughs> um, but no, I, I did, I honestly did love the coll- collaboration and of course, 2020, um, forced concerts to be canceled. Um, I was supposed to see the 1975 Phoebe and Biba Doobie at Madison Square Garden, which would have been so fucking iconic, um, but it was canceled, which is fine. You know, there are way more, um, there are way bigger things to worry about in the pandemic besides me not going to a concert. Um, but yeah, so I didn't listen to the full album. I think I listened to a couple other songs, but I, I honestly did not listen to it. I'm not going to lie. Um, but I loved that song and I think that live probably would have been great. I think it, it suited Phoebe's style really well, but also didn't sound like too far off of the 1975. I think it was a good fit. Sometimes collaborations don't make sense, but that was actually really good. A break from like indie music, I guess, because it's definitely more pop, but, um, Forever, um, Forever by Fletcher was released in 2020, which was probably one of my favorite pop songs of 2020. Like, 
so fucking good. Like that song, I was just like, I wish I could just like shake my ass to this right now, but we are, you know, quarantining. Um, but such a good song. And she released an EP, which I'll talk about in a little while, but um, Fletcher is a great queer, you know, pop artist right now, which I think, which I love. Um, pop music, as much as I, obviously indie music is like, I guess, my, you know, my number one, um, pop music is incredible and so, um, can be so powerful and influential. And, um, I think she's an artist that's doing a great job, um, in pop music. And I'm super excited to see, you know, where she goes also in the future. Um, but forever, yes, an amazing song. Um, just like, so, I don't know. It's just one of those songs that just makes you want to dance. And there's also a strip version, which was um, something I played on Emo Hour because that fit my, you know, the vibe more. Um, love when an artist released like a stripped version of a song. Like, we also had Big Thief release Love Is Mine, which was like an outtake from their albums the previous year. They said that they loved it and they just, they, it, it just didn't fit on either album. Those albums, of course, are UFOF and Two Hands. Big Thief is probably my favorite, is like one of my favorite bands, um, without a doubt. I think that Adrian Lenker is so fucking good at songwriting. Um, see, I, there are a lot of things that I say all the, all the time on Emo Hour, like almost every episode, um, but now none of you guys have heard that, so I can say it all now and pretend that it's, pretend that I'm saying it for the first time. Adrian Lenker, I think, is like, like when it comes to like like stylistically like the coolest vocalist like I think that she is she has such a cool vocal style and I feel like Big Thief in general like they have so many songs that are like soundtrack worthy this is something I also discuss on Emo all the time um like songs that you hear and you're instantly like that should be in a soundtrack like they have so many songs like that and um this song was no exception um, they're recording now, so who knows, maybe we're, uh, it seems like we're gonna get another double album from them, like we did in 2019, um, but, and I'm so excited for that, I think, because, like, I don't know, they're just, they're just geniuses, everything they do is just so smart. Also kind of pop, we had some really good Billie Eilish songs come out, um, I'm not a huge, like, I like I I really think Billie Eilish is so good, but I know all her music, so I don't want to like claim to be like a stan or anything. But specifically, my future, I loved. I thought it was I thought it was so so good. Um, I think she's another person that has a really interesting point of view as a writer. Like you hear her songs, and you're just like, whoa. Like I don't know. I think she's an incredible songwriter. I think Phineas is an amazing producer. I think them working together is like so cool. Um, you know, like that brother-sister dynamic, I think that's sick. You know that she's gonna release, like, more incredible music, and, like, she's so young, which blows my mind. I'm like, imagine if I had that fucking talent at that age, but I'm 23, about to kick the bucket. <laughs> we also cannot go without mentioning Bodies by Muna. That was an amazing fucking banger. Them and the Knox released that. Um, that's just another song that just like makes you want to dance. I, I, I love Muna so much. I think that they are so important within the music scene. Um, I think they have a very powerful voice for the LGBTQ community. 
and um, I just love all the platforms that they take. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think it's important that artists, especially when, especially in this political climate, I mean, now we're past Inauguration Day and, you know, Trump is no longer president, but, um, but still that doesn't, that doesn't change anything. I think po- politics are very, are still very, very important more than they ever have been. And I, I personally think it, I like when artists take, um, stands and use their platforms to discuss things like that. Um, and I think Muna is, um, a band that does that all the time. Um, and I think it's, you know, cause they are, you know, you have someone like Na- um, Naomi in the band who is um, who is trans, non-binary, who is um, black. And, you know, that's important. You know what I mean? Um, because as much as I... As much as I think I'm... I, I, like, I try to be self-aware. As self-aware as I can and socially aware. Like, the music industry... A lot of the music industry... Um, is is white and um that's a that's an issue you know what I mean like that's something that's you know like the Grammys how many times do they have to be accused for being racist how many times do they have to acu- be accused for being sexist like they're the music industry well I guess I should say the entertainment industry because the representation in, in movies and tv are no better but um that's that's important you know that's like it's important to have representation and stuff like that. So I think that Muna is, is, um, a very important group, I think, um, to help open people's minds to, to things and stuff like that. I also want to talk about Green Eyes by Arlo Parks. That was another song that I was like really digging in the fall. Um, Claro helped, um, with that song, play some guitar, does some harmonies. Um, that was another really, really great song. Oh, and of course we got a brand new Julian Baker song at the end of last year. Now we have another single on top of it, but we got Faith Healer and we have a Julian Baker album coming next month and it is different than anything she's done before. Um, Julian Baker is like the first indie artist I really got into and from her I kind of jumped onto everybody else that I like now. But I mean, you have her first album, Sprained Ankle, which is just her and her guitar pretty much there are some there's like very light percussion in one of the songs then you have turn of the lights which is her her guitar and her piano some violin and now you have this album little oblivion coming out um little oblivions coming out with a full band and it's just it's crazy and like it doesn't feel out of place for her at all like if you know if you know about julian baker you know that she started out doing you know in bands and stuff like that um she fits right in, but, um, it just, it's so crazy. It sounds so good and it just sounds so right. And I'm very, very excited. I think that she has literally some of the saddest songs I've ever heard in my life. Like so raw, so emotional yet. These sound like even like they're just next level. They're just, they're so good. These two songs that have come out, Hardline and Faith Healer. And I'm just like, just knowing that these are just the singles, like this is just gonna scratch the surface. Really, I'm so excited um, to to hear the to hear the full album. I think that she is probably like 
the most intellectual artist I think I listen to. Like when you hear her in interviews, there are always tweets like every time that she does an interview. I saw a tweet last week. She did um her KEXP um, se- interview and sessions and stuff like that. And someone tweeted, they were like, well, watching the Julian interview, like I need to go get out my dictionary or something like that. Like she's just so fucking smart. And um, the way that she, like hearing her and just like hearing her music, like it's just like, oh my God, like, the things that she says and like some of some of the metaphors she uses and stuff like that I'm like oh my god like fucking definition of a mega mind is Julian Baker like she's just so fucking smart and I'm so excited for that mu- for her music her album I should say um I cannot go without discussing um the Ir- the infamous Iris cover by Maggie Rogers and Phoebe Bridgers this was so fucking iconic <laughs> Um, they released it on Bandcamp for 24 hours and it wound up breaking records and charting and all this stuff. Um, they were raising money for, um, for Fair Fight, which was great. Once again, those are also two artists. I don't want to actually, most of the artists I talk about have used their platforms, um, especially throughout 2020, um, for various different things. Um, but they, they were raising money for Fair Fight and they wound up, you know, raising a bunch of money for Fair Fight and, um, that cover is just so fucking good. I feel like so many different artists sound good singing that song. Like I watched Snail Mail cover that song. Um, and she she covers it really, really well. It fits her voice perfectly. Oh, I saw 21 Pilots cover that song. Um, that was also really, really good. Um Yeah, Iris by the Google Dolls can't go wrong. But that was um an iconic cover um that came out this year that um the indie gays went crazy for and that's 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 really um that's that's my niche the indie gays are where um you know is really my uh my posse i should say um i'm gonna transition to a couple eps and i'm gonna start with troy savant's in a dreamy p and this also um is kind of a single but the, the the song easy that was on the ep was always one of my favorites and then he released a remix with casey musgraves which was so fucking good like oh my god it was so good um i think the two of them together sounded so good i think she looks so hot in the music video um and that that ep overall was great i loved the leading single take yourself home um stud is a bop i just i really really love troy savon um his last album bloom came out in 2018 it was one of my top albums of 2018 honestly it might be one of my favorite albums like ever i think it's like incredible um so excited to see what the music he comes out with in the future um i talked about fletcher before she also had her ep sex tapes come out which was so good um you have a song like bitter on it which is like a bop like pro that's also probably one of my favorite pop songs of 2020 um and yeah, she's just so good, and, uh, you know, it's very bold to, you know, release a song, release an EP about your ex, and then have your ex star in the music video. It's very, very bold, but good for her. Like I said, I know I'm gonna forget so many things. Indigo Violet by Coin was another really amazing EP. Um, a lot of the people I follow on Twitter are huge Coin stands. I never really listened to them before that, but, um, I listened to some of Dreamland, and I listened to this EP, and... You Are the Traffic was like, I was very intrigued by the song title when I listened to it. I was like, this is so fucking good. Um, 
but that whole EP is amazing. Coin is really, really good. Okay, so these next two EPs I'm going to talk about also also were released by people who released albums. Or next three EPs, I should say. Soccer Mommy released her um, Soccer Mommy and Friends EP collection. And then she also released her demo collection from Songs from Color Theory, which was the album that she put out early last year. Uh, this, the Soccer Mommy and Friends EP was initially started... Um, to raise money um, for COVID relief for, you know, bands and crews and stuff like that. Um, And then it wound up also going towards um, various um, BLM charities. And um, Soccer Mommy was someone who was very, very vocal about um, during the Black Lives Matter movement. Like, she she didn't... tweet or post anything on her instagram story that wasn't related to black lives matter for for months which um which i found cool because like we're so used to things disappearing so quick like something big happens and then like after a week people are like okay anyway so buy my album or whatever and like she just and she she didn't she didn't care about that she was very self-aware of everything that was going on and um and just just pushed for everyone to just do what they could to um help you know during that time you know go to um go to protests and and marches and and donate to all these different causes and things like that and um i think that was really great um she wound up covering i think you're all right by jsom and then jsom covered lucy um she covered indie rockers by mgmt and then gentle dom um gentle dom did a remix of circle of drain um she covered drive by the cars her and biba doobie both released demos one of their songs each um, and it was, it was, it was great. I loved it. I can't even tell you the amount of times I screamed her cover of Drive by the Cars in my car. Um, incredible. I love Soccer Mommy. We're gonna get to that in a second. Then she also released a bunch of her demos from Color Theory, like I said, and that was great. I love hearing demos be, be, because I feel like it's always so interesting to see where a song begins and then how you hear it on the album. Um, especially a song like Yellow is the Color of Her Eyes, which is like this like seven ep- seven minute like epic song. And just hearing it like her on like an acoustic guitar, just like playing it was just like crazy. Um, so yeah, that was sick. Um, lastly, in the um, EP section, you had Phoebe's Copycat Killer EP, which was her and Rob Moose performing for orchestral arrangements of pun- Punisher songs, um, which was incredible um just i mean just thinking about hearing an orchestral version of any song is like you're like whoa and then like punisher was such an incredible album um so to hear like versions like that of those songs were so so cool um and i and i loved it and it's like it's one of those things where like um I don't want to say like I like this version more than that version. Like they're both e- they're they're so completely different that it's it's almost like you're listening to like new songs. You know what I mean? Like it's just so different. It gives you a completely different experience. I don't know which order I should talk about um albums. I'm going to start by just listing a bunch of albums that I like and then I'll go back and talk about some highlights. Once again, I know that I'm forgetting things. I know I'm going to forget things in this list as well, but I there t- just too much came out. You had Punisher, you had Color Theory, you had The Baby by Samia, you had Breach by Fen Lily, you had Beginners by Christian Lee Hudson, you said you had Down the Weeds Where the World Once Was by Bright Eyes, you had Petals for Armor by Haley Williams, um, you had Fake of Flowers by Biba Doobie. Oh, I can't, I, my mind is just going, um, you had the Sylvanesso album, 
you, uh, there's so many, so many fucking albums that came out. Um, Punisher and Color Theory are like neck and neck for my favorite albums of 2020. Soccer Mommy was my most played artist of 2020, actually. Um, from like, I want to say February to like, I don't even know, maybe July. Literally all I listened to was, was Soccer Mommy. Um, I wish that was an exaggeration. Like, I listened to her, like, constantly. Like, uh, no joke. I'm a big Last FM user. Last year, um, my top artist was Soccer Mommy. And I, just last year, I had 3,812 scrabbles of Soccer Mommy. Just to give you an idea of how much I listened to her. And then number two was Phoebe Bridgers. And I had 1,517 scrabbles of Phoebe Bridgers. But, um, yeah, the Soccer Mommy one was crazy. I literally could not stop listening to her. Um, and I thought the Color Theory was an incredible album. One thing I don't like doing is, like, rating albums. Like, I feel like that's so arbitrary. Like, if I feel like if I like it, I like it. Like, I feel weird being like, well, it's like a 9 out of 10. Like, who the fuck am I to say that? Um, but that that was an amazing album. I think that the concepts of the colors were really smart. I think that the sequencing of the album was like perfect. Um, some standout tracks for me were definitely Bloodstream. That's like an all-time favorite Soccer Mommy song. Like that's up there for me. Um, loved Crawling in My Skin. I mentioned Yellow is the Color for Eyes before, but even when that came out as a single, I was like, holy fuck. Like that song is incredible. But like I said, Punisher was is right. It's like, they're like neck and neck for me. Personally, I feel like Color Theory, like, didn't get as much attention as it should have because it came out right before the pandemic, and I feel like, I, I feel like, I don't know, people didn't pay it enough attention. I don't know. Maybe I'm just biased, but I just thought that the album was so fucking good, um, and she did, she deserved more um, praise for it because, um, also, it's very clear that she, and she's discussed it too, that she took a lot of influence from, like, 2000s pop, and the fact that you can, like, hear that on the album is like so impressive to me like because it's so refreshing but you can hear that like you have that like nostalgic element of it i think it's just oh i don't know so good but punisher let's discuss punisher this was my most anticipated album of 2020 without a doubt i was so excited that phoebe bridgers was releasing a new album because she's been my favorite artist for a while now and when she released you know she released those three singles and i was like and they were all pretty different from each other i was like oh this album's this is gonna be good and i remember it leaked a couple nights before it came out and i listened to the leak i'm not gonna lie to you but i also have like fucking three or four vinyls of it like i bought it i bought i buy every fucking merch thing that comes out because i live in her ass um so yeah i listened to the leak okay and i'm gonna i'm gonna be honest with you um and i was just like oh my god like this is so good um, I don't even know, like, ev I think every song, ev literally every song is so good. I, it's impossible, impossible for me to pick favorites if I had to. Savior Complex, I Know the End, Halloween, Chinese, I like, just list the whole track list. No, but it just, it's so good. I think that it is very different from Stranger in the Alps. Like, Stranger in the Alps is definitely more folk-driven, um, more acoustic, She's definitely more experimental on Punisher, but like it's, it doesn't feel, it's kind of, it's similar to Julian where like it doesn't feel out of place. Like it feels, it feels right. It feels like the, like it felt like the, the logical next step for her. Like it, 
I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes when artists take a step in a, di- a new direction, you're like, Ooh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but this didn't feel like that at all. Like it felt very normal to have her using synths and these like, um, or you have a song like I know the end, which literally builds, has this tremendous buildup and she's literally screaming. And I'm just like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. This is, this is exactly how it's supposed to be. Um, but yeah, I just know every song on that album is so amazing. And to have songs like, uh, Graceland too with boy genius and you're just like, and it's about like friendship and it's like so powerful, but then you have like these, like, you know, gut-wrenching songs like Halloween, you know, like these breakup songs or, you know, you're just like, fuck. But I don't know. I don't know. Punisher was, is just, I have a Punisher tattoo actually. Maybe I'll show that to you in one episode. Um, but it was such a phenomenal album and it, it kicked Phoebe like into this whole new stratosphere. Um, now she's Grammy nominated. Um, the amount of nods that she got for this album is just tremendous absolutely deserving by the way she's done so much in her career and she's so young like it's her second solo album of course she did boy genius she did better Oblivion community center she's done so many different collaborations you know what i mean she's had collaborations with lord Huron, the 1975 um obviously boy genius she did another collab with connor oberst this year um miracle of life for planned parenthood um i'm like blanking but we you she's done so many collaborations now she has her own record label um it's crazy what she accomplished in this year especially in a year like 2020 where you can't tour and you can't really do the things you want to do um but she did an amazing job at getting creative in the ways that she release content um whether it was performing you know in her bedroom her tour around her house she sold tour merch where it was like kitchen bedroom you know whatever um or you know to no audience at red rocks which was fucking amazing i can watch that concert over and over again um i just love phoebe bridgers i can do a whole podcast episode just about her seriously like one of the hardest working people in the indie music scene i mean she even produced christian lee hudson's album beginners and she's probably going to produce something i heard there was talks that she's like probably going to produce another album really soon so yeah very excited for that loved punisher loved color theory um the other albums i mentioned i loved as well i loved the baby by samia some standout tracks are is there something in the movies big wheel trip tech Reach by Fen Lily. I loved um I used to hate my body, now I just hate you. I Nietzsche, Berlin, Elliot, Birthday. So good. Loved the Bright Eyes album as much as I don't want to admit it. I used to hate Connor Ober's voice, but now it's grown on me because of Better Oblivion Community Center. Now I like can stand it. But like that's a really good album too. Very apocalyptic. Then Punisher, they always talk about it. Very apocalyptic albums, and it was perfect for 2020 as well. Um but yeah, 2020 had such great music. And 2021 is already delivering. I already have my 2021 playlist going on Spotify of the music that we already got. Um, I mean, like I said, we're getting a Julian Baker album next month. We're getting a Claude album next month. Um, Snail Mail is probably going to be releasing an album this year. Claro might, Claro might be releasing an album this year. Um, there's just so much music that's to come. 
but I think that's where I'm going to leave this episode. I've been talking for a while now. Um, but I want to end every episode with a song of the day. And these are songs that I'm bumping currently, <laughs> bumping very loosely because um, it's probably like going to be a depressing song. Um, and the song I'm going to choose today is um, Christian Lee Hudson's cover of Dancing Queen. Um, he did this for... Um, he released like a couple different covers um, with this. He also released a cover of A Thousand Miles by Vanessa Carlton, classic, and um, Betty by Taylor Swift. Um, but this, but Dancing Queen spoke to me because if you know me, then you know that I have an affinity for Dancing Queen, um, specifically the Mamma Mia 2 version. And so to have like an, an indie emo version of Dancing Queen was just like incredible. Um, so that's where I'm bumping. That's what I suggest that you go and listen to this week. And um, thank you guys so much for listening to the first episode of Sad Times, the podcast. Um, my name is Alyssa, um, and stay kind and stay sad. Mm-hmm.